1: that had a meetup attached. Yeah. But now the brain is shifting to the next meetup, which is Atlanta. Oh, yes, right. And we have been – Yeah. maybe it sounds weird for me to say we've been surprised, but we're surprised that it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. <laughs> yeah, it is. There's 30-plus cars coming on the road tour, which, which is, is amazing. fantastic. It's, it's great. It's I, great. I keep we're thinking, just, though – I have, don't know where to park, all of you. I don't know where we're going to park. I don't know how we're going to eat, but we're going to have fun. I keep thinking yeah, about the sure. fact for we sure. had parking and eating difficulties and follow difficulties with seven cars in Germany, and now I'm thinking about well, – Thirty yeah. cars going. All right. Well, I mean, at least we won't we speak have the all language. The radios you know, in the cars for everyone, so we, we know it's just going to be. Here's the road tour, and we'll, it's gonna, we'll stop. And it's, it's going to be, be genuinely awesome. But yeah, I'm really excited yeah. for all of you that are coming. It's going to be very cool. We've got. I mean, it's it's informal, and yet it's it's a little bit organized, which is a crazy thing. Uh, shout out to Mandy, real quick, for all of the massive setups yeah, she's doing on that, absolutely. which has helped us not worry about it as much until right now. And now I'm kind of going gulp. <laughs> but thank you, all of you that are right. coming. We are we are coming. We have plane tickets. Oh We've yes, We've got it's shoot happening. We're going to be there. So yep, hopefully sure. we'll be driving with many of you. That's happening, which is really cool. Also, I do have to mention thank you to all of our patrons because you guys keep giving us great ideas and letting us know things and that kind of stuff. There's discussion that goes on in the Discord forum as a result of our patrons. Mm-hmm. Many of our mm-hmm. patrons are coming to Atlanta, which is very cool. Yeah, so cool. And so cool. you guys are the reason that we started our GoFundMe for these crazy old sedans. And you <laughs> crazy keep kind of you, seriously. You .com. keep kind of advising us on or that. Something. We still would like that to happen but we're going to need more help than we are right now I mean it may not happen and if it, and if we don't reach the money then we're going to push the money right back well, to the buddy yeah, exactly. that's what it's exactly. for but we would we're going to keep it open pretty much till we go to Atlanta hopefully we can get close enough to that figure that we can make that happen to- Crazy Phaeton for me, cheap Phaetons, and something for Paul as well. We're working on what that might be. It might change from the Jaguar, but mm-hmm. either way, it would be both sedans so we can have a two-old sedan versus two-new sedan TV episode, plus have dueling uh, uh, dueling money pits <laughs> exactly. for actual YouTube channel, which would be fun. Todd drives a Phaeton, Paul gets shot out of a cannon. I don't know. It's a new episode. See, that that
0: doesn't match as well. Okay. It'll all be right. dueling money pits. Yeah. All right. all right. Well, uh, guys, thank you for joining us. Again, we're excited to bring a couple of cool car debates to you. Just so you know, everything about season 5 is on Amazon Prime and Vimeo for worldwide consumption. Yep, yep, yep. And the Vimeo is perfect for um, you know, everybody outside the UK and the US yes. because um we're still not sure what's going on with Amazon Canada. We would love uh we would love it if we could support you guys up in Canada for sure on Amazon, but uh that's on them, not us. That's and true, so uh true, you can yeah. find us on Vimeo, but all the 6 episodes of season 5 are available and I do want to thank publicly Covercraft and Griot's Garage, yet again, mm-hmm. they're just uh, awesome companies to be a part of. Completely. And, and uh, you know, products that Todd and I have used for years. So it's just you know, we're part of the family; they're part of ours. So really and, appreciate it. And don't forget the use the code every day for ten percent off. Yes, don't forget that.
1: both companies. That code works every day. Code works for both companies, and you even get free shipping at Covercraft as well. And speaking of those yeah, sponsors, yeah, yeah. you and I after Atlanta. I come back and go trick-or-treating with my son. Then we go to SEMA. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. We're going to be in SEMA. And I bring that up to all of you guys because we're going to be doing uh, meetups and signings at certainly at Covercraft. We think at GRIOS as well as part of our SEMA adventure this year. So if you're going to SEMA, SEMA's weird. I know that sounds like a broad statement, but here's my point. <laughs> SEMA is supposed to be, it's supposed to be you're either in that industry or your media. But yet right, the number right. of people that I've seen at SEMA that are none of the above, I feel is half the crowd. It's amazing how public that show's become. So I say that because many of you may be there and come by say hi because well, we'd love to see you. Absolutely. We'll be floating around. As Todd said, we'll be at uh, our sponsor booths as well
0: at various times, yet to be announced. And yes. we will definitely announce it on the podcast once we do have that nailed down. Mm-hmm. So we're still, still getting there. I think everybody's still kind of figuring out the schedules. But yes, it's weird and huge. But I think SEMA doesn't care because it brings in customers that of want to, you know, does. see Yes. Products, and I I think it's all just one big happy. So just bring it is kind of. I think it's going to be all
1: one big supra this year. I think it's going to be the supra done 8 million ways. I think it's going to be well, the bell of the ball and every possible wide-body thing you can think of for the super. If you'd like to see a crazy super wing, I think is going to have it for you this year. Yeah, for sure. It's for going sure. to be crazy.
0: It's not going to be the C8, that's for sure. You probably all have seen the GM strike <laughs> at this point, as of this recording, is preventing the C8 from being built, and what we understand is the the factory in Bowling Green actually hasn't switched the tooling over quite yet to that's produce crazy. the new car. Everything you've seen in the media up to this point has been pre-production cars. Yeah, so yes, yeah, they're yeah. out there, but not in production form, and so that definitely fits. The press fleets from where we pull cars as well, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is why, you know, we're not seeing those quite yet either. But things may change. Hopefully things change quickly. And uh, I don't think it's a C8 SEMA yet. I think that's next year because people take all year long to develop everything. And then, yeah, Yeah. you can kind of call it. It was just like Snoop Dogg who called the 300C back in oh or ish somewhere in there. And he complimented Bob Lutz and he said, that's going to be the car for SEMA. And he was right.
1: Well, and when
0: that car hit, it was, everything yeah. SEMA for that
1: car. I think it's all, SEMA. it's all Supras this year. I think SEMA is going to practically be sponsored by the Toyota Supra. SEMA Supra. Yes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, happy Friday. Thanks for joining us <laughs> yeah. for yet another podcast. We have two very cool traditional car debates for this podcast. We've got Hunter writing to us for he and his wife writing to us from central Minnesota. We have that coming up. And then after the break, we have yet another really cool car debate. This one's from James in New Hampshire. He's looking for the opposite of Toyota Century, Century which we're going to have to unpack a bit. Yeah, for sure. I think I've got some good thoughts on both of these. Do you? Even though I do, ha- and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of spoiler alerting here. Even though I think that James has put a few parameters into his piece that are actually completely opposing, and you can, you got to go one or the other, buddy. <laughs> like but a Toyota we'll century, it's yeah, exactly. He's looking for the opposite. Of yeah, that. we'll figure out that that as we. Get I've there. got my of course. Sniper lots shot of questions too. Do you really? Yes, I good. do. I'm, I hope to look
0: forward to hearing it. Very excited. All right. First debate jumping in here for Hunter and his wife, Ashley, in central Minnesota. It is a deployment car debate, mm-hmm. and he's writing a bit early, which is totally fine. And like I've told everybody, you can write in, you know, about a month before, and that's kind of about where we can fit things in from yeah. the schedules, because we do Topic Tuesdays and we're also doing car conclusions more frequently now. Mm-hmm. And if you write in but, and say,
1: I need an answer this week, that will not be on this a- That's going to be tough. Just so you know. I'm admitting that's going to be tough. <laughs> we do yes. read them all. Even when that happens, we're like, oh, we should have done that one three weeks ago. We, <laughs> exactly. still read that, we still read that email. We do. Exactly. All right, Hunter, this is for you. So he is
0: binging currently somewhere in the... 2017 era of the podcast, (laughs) (laughs) he says. So he is deploying in June 2020 and trading his 2018 Ram Rebel with 15,000 miles. He's trading that in for a newer 4x4 SUV, $35,000 or less, three years older, newer for his wife, Mm -hmm. Ashley, and selling her Impala to buy then a $15,000 or less And 120,000 miles or less, fun, reliable vehicle for himself. (laughs) Sure, Very specific. I love it. All right, so I love that you're spending more money on your wife than you are on yourself. Well, wife and and soon-to-be child. Yes, Yes. she is currently pregnant, and uh, congratulations on your emerging, growing family. That's awesome. And so he wants to take care of her. So first of all, we're going to dive into debate for her. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she is looking at the Ford Explorer, Lincoln MKX, Jeep, Grand Cherokee, or a Chevy Blazer, all in that order. She's been intrigued with some of those. Now, Hunter's also looking at GM product, and he's got a lot of car history. He owned an IROC Z. I
1: <laughs> love
0: it. I love, love those it. cars. Where is it? He so owned an 80s. IROC Z. Fantastic. Uh, oh, 86 Pontiac Grand Prix.
1: Wow. He's a got a Pontiac Firebird. Lot. He's got a lot of GM product. Wow. His history. All
0: right. Tons of it, yeah. He's looking at a Trailblazer SS all-wheel drive, a Pontiac G8 GT, Subaru Legacy GT, well, that's not a GM product, but anyway. Yeah, that was the weird curveball. But, and but, BMWs, yeah. he said. Any all-wheel drive BMW car... And he says because he's up in central Minnesota, he drives a lot of miles, Yeah. and he likes rear-wheel drive vehicles. He says more for the fun factor, but logically, because of the weather and because of the commute, he's just thinking all-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. And Ashley might appreciate that if you're you know just – it might be perception
1: more than reality, but if it's all-wheel drive and – Well, you know, Ashley needs it. He's safe and, and all that stuff. Ashley needs it. Hunter would like she to does, have yeah. it on his car, but she definitely needs it. And she want, and he also wants – for her, he wants some ground clearance. He's just thinking – honestly, he's thinking about unplowed driveways and roads if she's Mm -hmm. because she's pregnant currently and then after the child is born we're talking about okay she has to go to the doctor for checkups or whatever yeah he wants rain shine snow blizzard she can get places so we're looking for for a little more ride height all-wheel drive that's why she's looking at the suv she is he i I get the sense that hunter is kind of up for a bit of everything but realizing he should probably have something all-wheel drive
0: Yeah, I I get that. Uh, He says he's being driven from, well, he will be driving from Minnesota to Iowa and back often. And the majority of his driving is straight-line roads with the rare Mm S-curve in the road. And he says... Welcome to the rural Midwest, where roads are laid out in one-mile squares. (laughs) You're not wrong. Yeah, this is true. All right, but he says, I don't autocross a track very much. He'd like to get into it in the future and then back to casual drag racing after this particular deployment. He says, so most of his fun driving comes from sliding around in poor weather or hard launches. And then, you know, it's got to throw him back in the seat kind of thing. And then he says, you know, the 0 to 60 specs do appeal because of that reason. So that's totally fine. And so, like I said, he's considering this O six O eight Trailblazer SS all-wheel drive because we're looking at about a $15,000 mm-hmm. budget for him. And then maybe another Chevy pickup somewhere in there. He mentioned the Pontiac G8. But I let's so start with him Ashley. Branch out. I still so want him to branch yeah, out. I still want him to branch out. Yeah, I
1: do too. For, for Ashley, let's let's jump back to the SUV real quick. Okay. Again, let's think about the mom-to-be car. And then mm. the young mom car. It's both mm-hmm. of the above. It's, mm-hmm. it's the car now while she's pregnant keeping her safe, keeping the baby safe, and then that continues after the child is born. You haven't told us, boy, girl, maybe you don't know. But that's what we're looking at here. But we're talking about $35,000 on the high side. I like the things you're looking at, Ford Explorer, Lincoln, MKX, something almost to see there, Jeep Grand Cherokee. (laughs) uh, And then he wants her to look at the the Chevy Blazer because he practically – I don't know, but I get the sense that Hunter may be one of those guys with a Chevy tattoo somewhere. Ooh. There's a lot of Chevy product there in, his, is. in his backstory, there is. so yeah. he wants her to look at the Chevy Blazer. I, look, I think that's that's fine. The problem with this area is finding a standout because there's a lot of there's a lot of noise in this category. A lot of stuff that is similar. You think you know this is what everybody's buying. I also think it's interesting that the scale you're looking at is big five seaters. Generally, it's not – you're not yeah. into the seven-seat world yet. But that Explorer, though, seater. now is seven seats. You can get the seven newer in the assorted. Yes, exactly. Exactly right. That that one's the blurring the line. But the yeah. other ones we're talking about here – I think actually the Blazer has seven as well. But I would wow. say it's it's on the, the smaller side of that world. Okay? So mostly it's the – the Jeep Grand Cherokee is the great reference point here. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you're looking at that kind of stuff, you guys need to drive the Mazda CX-5. Okay they're right. out there you could get a new right. one for under 35 uh, if you could get a loaded one from last year for well under 35 drive that car it is bigger than you think i suspect i'm looking at your list this is why i brought it up i suspect you haven't looked at the Mazda CX5 because possibly because it's a Mazda but but also because i think you think it's too small I think it's almost the same size as the Jeep Grand Cherokee as far as usable space. It isn't like external. The, the Grand Cherokee is a big, big boy. Sure. But usable interior space, they're pretty close. The cx 5s gotten pretty big interior-wise. Drive the CX-5. Uh, it's great looking, good to drive. Drive the Volvo XC60. Oh, okay. All right. I like that one as well. Do both of those. And then I have two that I pursued because of ground clearance.
0: Okay. I don't
1: love them to drive, but they will run like crazy. They are affordable, and you've got tons of ground clearance. The new Toyota RAV4. That's good. And you're going to be shocked I'm recommending it, but I'm saying it anyway, the Honda Passport. Are you really? Yes. Interesting. Because those are being sold off of clearance, ground clearance. The Pilot certainly is. Well, but no, the, the Pilot has the less. The Pilot's the bigger one. Passport's the smaller passport one. Passport is the, the, the five, one with the ground clearance. That's cards. right. The Passport yes. does have. The passport has being sold out of and the new the RAV4 also is, well, is the same mm-hmm. thing. And both of those are just going to run like crazy. And I actually I genuinely like the new RAV4. It's not my kind of thing, but I genuinely like it. I think the ride is compromised because they did jack it up. Yeah. But we're talking about all-weather capability, ground clearance, I think those are worth driving here. The one you and I drove was the fully loaded hybrid as well, yes, and, and that it was, was in the forty-two it was in the, or forty-four, the low forties, yes.
0: But you don't have to get that one. There's no. like no, no. nine thousand flavors of there, the Rav Four. Options, so yes. you can you know look somewhere in the middle, you know, as far as budget and kind of options. But that does give you a new car, and Ashley, I like that you're looking at these, and I also thought. I, I don't know what town you're in, and I was thinking about dealership availability, and I'm, I'm wondering if that's factoring in from a service point yeah. of view. If you're just saying, "All right, I'm sticking more towards Ford and GM and Chevy," just from a
1: dealership because it's all we don't Alphas have Alphas and Maseratis. It's all we're yeah, buying. I mean,
0: yeah. I don't have an Alpha dealer and a Jag dealer and a <laughs> Mercedes or whatever. We, we don't yeah. know what kind of dealerships and service availability fair, is close, fair, so fair, that yeah. could factor in. But I am going to suggest also from a stylistic point of view, some Acuras okay All right. because we've driven most of the acura products for 2019 at this point mm-hmm. yeah, we have. and we came away really liking the mdx which is you know the big boy seven seater yeah but what about the rdx yeah and i'm thinking from genuinely the standpoint powerful of, and fun to drive you know you want something that just you know the, the comfort in your heart you want your car to start and just run and be reliable that's most cars nowadays it is i mean you it's it's hard to find something that's completely unreliable, but Consumer Reports will scare the you know what out of you. Yeah, true, heard. true, true. You know, I still love the J.D. Power Best Initial Quality. Well, it's Best Initial Quality because it's new. It just you rolled off it. the
1: line. It's got ten miles on it. Let's hope that it's actually put together at least halfway decent. I still decent. don't yeah, understand that. Award. Panels aren't falling off. Like of it. congratulations. How
0: far in do we go? It's like four months, and we're no no more <laughs> no more award. We take it back. I don't know. So, I'm looking at Acuras because just think of them as Hondas. They run,
1: they're yeah. great. And the RDX, is a the RDX great size. we had that in Seattle and it was quite impressive. Yeah,
0: it is. I mean, it drives yeah. great, it does have good ground clearance, yeah. all wheel drive, you know, all that stuff. So, I actually looked at the Volvo XC40 as well. A little bit smaller. Oh, okay, all right, maybe. And the maybe. reason being is you can find them fairly new, just, you know, slightly used. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know, ten to twenty thousand miles on them for right about that thirty-five thousand price point, sure, sure. and there is more space in those than you think there is. You're thinking that's yeah. oh, yeah, the tiny CUV. Get in one of those. Yeah. And what I want you to experience is the IP and the the way you interact with the car. It's going to be very different than the American manufacturers. Yeah. And I'm going to wonder if that's uh, that'll appeal to you. It's just a thought, but it, it'll definitely – you'll have that driving experience in your back mm-hmm. pocket to mm-hmm. say, all right, I like it or I don't, something very different. And then my last one for you on the list here is the Kia Telluride. Mm. And I looked at that, even though it's brand new, because you suggested the Explorer, which is seven seats. Yeah. So is the Telluride.
1: True, true, now, true. I don't know how large a family you're going to – plan on having. And I don't know that they need something as big as an Explorer, but once right we're in now. there, I like where you are because I love the Telluride. Yeah. The one we had when we went to the launch mm-hmm. in <clears throat> Telluride. It's weird was, how they did that. I know. It's very strange. I can't believe we thought of that Where do you, where do, you do a launch for the Honda Pilot? Sorry, side note. I don't know. Is that anyway, airport? Onward. I don't know. Or is
0: that a... I don't <laughs> know. All right. So uh, when we were at the launch, the fully loaded Telluride we had was 46,000. 46, literally that
1: literally... There weren't any more boxes yeah. to
0: check. Well, you can't screw anything more to the they car They all either. checked yeah, unless it's on the outside of the sheet metal, but still, you're <laughs> done at that at that price point. So the entry level, I'm finding all wheel drive, Tellurides on dealership lots here, advertised here in Utah for right bang on thirty five thousand. Mm-hmm. So it is possible. I know it's a brand new car, and then yeah, you know yeah. you have to decide about depreciation. But you know, one or two year old Acura RDX, brilliant. That's a get good, that yeah, car. That's a great They're, option. They yeah. have a nimble feeling to them, but they have a. a a level of luxury that you know other cars don't have that's surprising at that price point so that's mm-hmm. why I suggest in you know if you're looking at explorers you got to go look at an RDX too because yeah. you're, you're going to think same money, same money, same yeah. money yeah what what's well the difference they, here
1: there's there's a swath here uh, they, they've got the ability to run toward do you want to go more utilitarian and bigger? Or do you want to go a little more luxurious and a little smaller? And I don't know yeah, where yeah. you are on that on that spectrum, if you will. But, yeah, get yourself some good winter tires. You already have told us that you're a big believer in tires. You get any of these all-wheel drive systems paired with some winter tires. Your wife, Ashley, and, and your soon-to-be child will be very happy and able to get anywhere. Oh, yeah. So I, I feel very confident in any of these. There's a lot of drive homework here, but hopefully you'll find some stuff. I also think if you have an opportunity to go to, like, a local car show, you can – check off half of these instantly by just sitting sending them uh, that's but, a good point but at the same time i think you'll there's some drive quickly. homework here as well
0: all right we've got to make some choices here for hunter mm-hmm. there was a sentence that stuck out in your email to me hunter and it's when you said towards the end this is your opportunity to either get a fun daily driver that you'll probably sell after the deployment mm-hmm. and he says well at that point we can have another car debate and you know what he gets for fun car <laughs> sure why not but that stuck out. This this means that you need something for the long commute, the long drive. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not necessarily going to be hey I'm auto crossing, I'm tracking. It's really none of that. It's mm-hmm. more about seat comfort because of those long drives. And that's where my headspace is okay. That's kind all of right, where I started. Right. Todd and I have talked about Volvo. We've talked about BMW. is kind of you know way up there as far as yeah, yeah yeah. It's not just the the lateral or bolster support. It's the length of the seat base and the mm-hmm. you know how how the mm-hmm. seat wraps up your back towards your shoulder blades. It's just the general pattern, the design that BMW and Volvo have for their seats that really seem to fit us yeah, now. Yeah. It's not always the case, but we gravitate towards those manufacturers for those seats, but there's of course a lot of great seats, you know, in other cars. So I'm I'm not just shopping from a seat perspective, but it was on my mind mm-hmm. when I thought of the BMW 235 x drive. they're still mm. not cheap enough. Okay. Yeah, we're the talking 15. The cheapest one I found yeah. was 16 something and it had well sure. over 100,000 miles. Sure, it's sure, not what yeah. I want for you. And then I thought about the Volkswagen Golf R. The Mark 6 twenty twelve to twenty thirteen with the Haldex all wheel drive. I have that on my list as well. Oh, I love you do? it when you
1: and I dig up the same car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. It's smaller. The seats are also good in that car, and they're right in that sweet spot now. They've got a lot of good power. It's it's gonna feel spry mm-hmm. to you. Uh, yeah, and coming out of all those, you know, cars that you had in your past, I and, guess. And I
1: like the very new, different experience here. Yes, because for, sure, for sure. I feel like the car that you really want, Hunter, is you want a Pontiac G8 all-wheel drive. Feel like, that's the car you're wanting. But you know it's not, yeah. th- not around, so you want that car. So... That makes me just start thinking about new experiences, but staying all-wheel drive. I love the fact that this Subaru Legacy GT works its way into your discussion, as does an all-wheel drive BMW, because that lets us know there's like there's like a crack in the Chevy wall, and you're willing to look at other things. Okay, <laughs> so I like the, so the I'm crumbling. I want you to continue, but I love this Golf R Mark VI because it is a totally different experience, but will be genuinely fun and genuinely worth commuting. Plus, it's manual, all-wheel drive. I think it's checking every box.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm toying with the idea. But then I came back to one last choice for you, Hunter, that it's a bit of an outlier. It's all-wheel drive. It's a coupe. It's the Infiniti G37X coupe from 2011 to 2013. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because it does have a GT car kind of feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's going yeah, to be very sure. comfortable, long distance. And they're now old enough and inexpensive enough where you can find cars with 50,000, 60,000 miles. Yeah for yeah 17 he limited me to seventeen thousand. i don't know if you noticed he gave you 15 <laughs> yeah. and he gives me a couple mm-hmm. grand more yeah, you, to play you, with you generally have extra yeah and i i could find one so go look at those okay yeah yeah they're also from a reliability standpoint mm-hmm. you know japanese mm-hmm. manufacturer it's a nissan so i think they're just going to be great all-wheel yeah. drive and again since we're not talking you know autocross or hardcore track driving I think it might be a consideration for you. Hmm. And again, space, comfort, I can see you rolling up in that coupe. And, you know, it's just, it's going to have enough sound insulation, but still decently fun to drive, I okay. think. Okay. Um, that's where my, my last choice was for you. But something, it's something totally different. But again, Absolutely, that last yeah. sentence meant, that sort of gave me a license to suggest other stuff than coming yeah. back to, you know, like you said, Pontiac G8. It'd be great. It would be great. But this he's, is sort of the license to go off It is. This is the the an opportunity.
1: It. It's an opportunity to go, go around a little bit. I have to ask this question. Subaru Legacy GT would work, would absolutely work. See if you can get the, what, the spec, uh, was it the spec B version of that that we drove, the GT spec yeah, that B? Was that was 06? Was that 06? Yeah, a six? So that's a little while so back six. as far as dates are concerned. But that did make me think, hang on, hang on. You want something that works in all weather, that can do long distance, mm-hmm. and when you park it, it will run when you restart it post-deployment. And if you sell it post-deployment, it hasn't become a huge money pit. It it will run, it will get yeah. get its money back out. All of these things made me go, WRX?
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: it'll it will just work. It'll have plenty of fun characteristics when you have the opportunity to have fun or you've said you like slide around in the snow or whatever. Bring that car along. It'll be great. If you park that for six months, it's going to start when you get back. Battery tender. It's going to start when you get back, <laughs> and you can probably sell it for about the same amount that you bought it for.
0: Interestingly, yeah. You're, you're practically you're right. just I parking right.
1: your money when you park that WRX. I don't think it goes because <laughs> they just hang on to that. They have a floor that's pretty high. Mm-hmm. So if you get one that's decent, you'll probably sell it about what you got it for. So I think that's a consideration. And then I have an outlier that came to me in a combination of really pondering that Pontiac G8. There's also a question about this car later. I was thinking about all of these things at the exact same time. They all converged. You could get a Taurus SHO. And when they made those all-wheel drive? What? An SHO? I, I, I'm bringing it up only because... We haven't talked about those for a long time. We haven't talked about in a long time. time. And, and and I don't, look, I don't love them, but it's it feels related to what you want that Pontiac G8 to be for you. That's interesting. Big old American sedan that happens to be all-wheel drive. And they they have not held on to value. They're they're cheap now. They're cheap and they're fast. So they too. are genuinely fast. They do not have the dynamics of the G8 or or certainly not the SS. but no. but they are decent to drive. And it's Ford, which maybe maybe you won't even buy a Ford. I don't know, but but it's 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 <laughs> yeah. it's, it's. Well, you said there's a crack in the
0: Chevy wall. Seriously, it's, so it's as close as I can Ford get to crack. that
1: all-wheel drive G8. And that's why I thought of it. I don't know that it's perfect here. It's a bit of a wild card, but I I want to put it out there anyway. You know what?
0: Uh, unfortunately, it's reminding me of that. Ford concept that's, you know, that
1: Mustang four-door e-Mustang. Uh, the, the Mustang SUV, because the world has been asking for that. Yeah. In spite of the fact that we're all actually asking for the Fiesta ST, <laughs> you're bringing us the thing that no one it asked, which us. is, there's the Mustang. Let's take that and make an SUV out of it. Said no one. Like,
0: yeah, said no consumer. are just sort of yeesh i'm not I'm not convinced right I, now. I really want it's to, just sketches. all we're seeing is just sketches. We're not seeing sheet metal
1: at this point. I'm horrified but, to think out wow. there somewhere there was a focus group because you know there was, and the conclusion out of that focus group was, we really should make a Mustang SUV. Well, I'd like to hear what the designers are grumbling about in the studio, and we
0: have to design I, my pencil can't draw that very well. I don't, I don't know, but, but
1: you know it was focus group, to the conclusion yeah. was there really is a big market for this. Yeah. that horrifies me. What were the what were the leading questions of that focus group? It's it's all the conversations around that. I just It was it was do you like this with a slide picture or, or you know a PowerPoint picture of a Mustang? Do you like this? And everyone, went, "Yes." Do you, do you drive one of these SUVs? Everyone, yes. And they went. What if it was both? I don't know. Anyway, I just I'm horrified. Mustang I'm is going to become its own
0: brand, like Corvette's going to become its own Corvette brand. Corvette. Should so it's going to be a Mustang and then this Mustang GAC SUV, whatever it becomes. Mustang smooth. And SUV. then something else over here. It's like the seven passenger Mustang. No. And that'll be that because that will carve the sports car <laughs> enough oh, no. away oh. from all the electric boxes they're going <sighs> to foist upon us. I yeah. Anyway, yeah, Mustang SUV, (laughs) that's good news, isn't it? You might not be buying a car right now, but you're probably still looking. We're all looking all the time, and it seems like there's always a new place to
1: search. That's why we love Autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you can only enter your search one time and see results from Cars.com, eBay, all of Craigslist, and many more. Or you can jump to Autotrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Your same search on a new site. So, if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't search all over. Start at autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. We're all looking for great driving roads, and we've even tried to share and list some of them along the way. But now there's an app that can help anyone worldwide mark, share, and find the best roads everywhere. Driveline
0: is the world's first social driving app. It allows you to easily record and classify your favorite road, and you can mark great pit stops, record and attach video, and you can create pins with photos to
1: share. It's the first sharing and social driving app. You can follow people that drive interesting roads, see what they're driving. You can search an area you've never driven before. And if you find a route you like, you just hit Drive It and get guided to the beginning of your new favorite road. You can even earn
0: points and patches for your activities on the app, which build towards actual car giveaways. As the community grows, Driveline will be giving away cars to members, and your posting and drives
1: earn you points to win. We've never seen anything like this, and we love the combination of community and great drives. You can get in early right now and shape the app and the community. So download Driveline to your phone today. Start sharing your favorite roads, meeting other drivers, and finding a new route for your next adventure. Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car
0: interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs.
1: Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine.
0: These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the
1: summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code Everyday right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We've all got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance to that list. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything.
0: All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, yes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance.
1: Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing you do today. James in New Hampshire is writing to us asking for the opposite of a Toyota Century. Not a sentence I've ever seen before. If
0: you need a visual reference of what a Toyota Century is, it is exclusive to Japan, even though you mm-hmm. can you know, do the gray market thing here. You could do that, yeah. Expensive, and they prioritize rear seat comfort and the driven experience. So they were. The opposite. They were a limo. They exactly. were a limo essentially. Exactly. And a very successful one, by the way. He is looking for the prioritization
1: of the front seat experience mm-hmm. and the driving experience. Yes. He is 33 years old. He's a soon-to-be father. There's there's a link right there. Plus two 50-pound Australian shepherds. So we're, wow. He, what what this means is this. This means His he is dog food bill is high. Oh no, yes, but it means that James is well aware. That it will be he and his wife in the front seats and carnage behind. (laughs) And dog and child. Two noses. It'll just be carnage behind. (laughs) I have a new lesson going on with my two dogs. I am desperately trying to teach my old dog, who's 13, and my young dog, who's 1, what I mean when I say quiet. Mm. Because they both. One of them gets excited about something in the enclosed space of the car oh. and chirp barks, and the other one picks it up, and now we've got a chorus, which is funny for about 10 seconds, and now your ears are bleeding. Yeah. So I am teaching the word quiet, but my point here is Ooh, James good. is going to – I don't know how well this is going to work. James is going to have he, – he, he says it right right now. He just says he's expecting – just dog hair and baby spit up is everything behind the B-pillar. That's, that's all back there. He doesn't need it to be nice. Covercraft does make stuff for that, by the way. <laughs> and, Griots you know. and Griot's can so clean stuff. can clean it off too. So between our two sponsors, we can try to help your car survive, but at least you're going in with your eyes open. Exactly.
0: Is there cheese involved with your training? Is there cheese incentives? Not at the moment. For the Not at the moment. Dogs?
1: No. Hmm. Generally, yes, but not for this.
0: Okay, yeah, interesting. All right, so what he's looking for is something available in the U.S., available for about fifteen to seventeen thousand. He's limiting me to seventeen thousand. Mm-hmm. Prioritizing, as we mentioned, the comfort and driving experience, front seat comfort, and he says, "I want it to be able to handle New England weather, so all-wheel drive, four by four with winter tires." Okay. And he also says no manuals or CVTs. He wants to be able to trade cars with his wife if necessary. She does not drive stick. He's not about to try teaching her now. He hates CVTs. Mm -hmm. No Subarus. Way too common around here, he says. (laughs) He's also been there, done that, didn't like it. And he says he also doesn't mind quirky cars, needing a little extra care and feeding. Used to have a Mazda RX-8. Doesn't have the patience for any unplanned downtime. And what he's currently driving is a completely paid-for, certified pre-owned 2016 Golf R with the DSG. Okay. He says, purchased in part due to our frequent recommendation. Amazed. It is cool. Good job. And says, you know, this would do the job nicely. So why is he writing? Well, if they sell the Golf R, he can get about 29 for it. Mm-hmm. He could buy something cheaper, throw the leftover money at their mortgage, and with some other financial moves that would allow them to pay off their house, about the same time their child is due. Craziness, but wow. I i mean, we're not financial geniuses
1: over here, but that sounds like a wise move. Seems like good news. I mean, you're selling the Golf R, which you know we're obviously would like, hey, put the money in the car, but I actually do see even I, who am not financially responsible, <laughs> even I. can see the logic here. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, he says, you know, they love the golf R, but they're in love with the idea of being debt free when the kid comes and the career flexibility that would give us mm-hmm. when, you know, mm-hmm. he says they're trying to figure out how to be parents and they've been waiting a long time for this child and, you know, nothing more than they want to be awesome parents. So that's okay. awesome. I'm, All right. I'm thrilled All for right. you. Congratulations, you guys. And uh, yeah, I do think it's a good idea. There's,
1: there's one problem I have with this list so far from James. Oh, you, the list he out. gives. Yes, because you've said. And I, look, I see all the financial machinations here. I see what you're doing. I, I applaud it. It's very cool. Let's let's hope you do actually get 29 for the Golf R, and it's not like 20. Because that's the other thing. You, 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 this yeah. is the other problem of selling yeah. a car. When you sell a car, you look up what it's worth, and then you get into the actual, you have to deal with people and actually sell it. It seems to never go as well as you <laughs> hope. Right. There is that. But right. you're hoping for fifteen, maybe $17,000 to spend on whatever. And then later, you actually list also, you want newer than 2016. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think both of those live in the same sentence. Generally. There are some exceptions, and I've found a few. Okay. All but right. by and large, that's a really tough call. You're talking about a three-year-old car that is less than fifteen grand. When you consider the fact that the average new car price is about thirty, I think you may have to be flexible on the 2016 thing. That's all I'm saying. I'm close.
0: I'm close. It's not fifteen, but I did
1: find seventeen. And I, and I found that's the thing. I found close. The, the all-wheel drive, newer than 2016, less than this amount of money. Checking all of these boxes in one car is difficult. I'm just saying, James, something may have to give here.
0: I do like the challenge that you know everybody it's sends a, us. It's a it's, challenge. There's always it's a genuine like genuine. I want
1: the four-door manual sports car that's you know that nobody makes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's but always I, a fun challenge. I feel like a lot of these boxes can be checked, but then it's the 2016 and newer that goes. Oh well, no, that one is now out again. So I do. I, I'm just mentioning it, but let's let's see what we can do here. They don't want to cross over. Their their dream list right, for this right. is Kia Stinger or Audi Five Sportback, maybe even the new all wheel drive uh, Mazda Three. But the problem with all of these is they're above their budget. Mm-hmm. So this is where hopefully we can help. We'll see. Well, he also mentions the three-series wagons, and yes, that's true. where my headspace was at. Was okay, good. James? good, good, I just thought wagons. We
0: were in Germany recently, and I'm yes, just— they're everywhere. Wagons are awesome. They just work. They mm-hmm. make it mm-hmm. all work, and they're fast, and they're great, <laughs> and why don't we they're have awesome. more wagons? We don't give the tax break, I guess. Well, I guess so. They're not the light truck that, mm-hmm. you know, tax con- consideration over here. All right, so I did find you what I think is the car— Wow, okay. It is the sniper of all snipers. Wow. I'm very intrigued. James, you're currently a Volkswagen owner, Golf R, with the DSG. How about a twenty seventeen and newer Volkswagen Golf Sport Wagon S Bravo. Or the Golf All Track. Still turbocharged, decent power, has the DSG you like, they look cool. How about the Golf Wagon? It's it's not quite the R wagon in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is the closest thing we can get. That's it's cool. That's wagony. That's really good. The all tracks look great, I think. Yeah. I mean, you could go Audi All Road, but I don't think the ones you're going to want there are new enough and the price yeah, difference is Price problem there, yeah. Irrelevant. So I think you need to look at this All Track. The. The Golf All Track. You can look at the Sport Wagon S. Very yeah, cool. Either one. Yeah. You can get manual transmissions with both. By the way, even the big engine, the big engine, the one point eight on the uh, the All Track SE. <laughs> I love a world is, where the um, big
1: engine is a one point well, eight. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I mean, the small engine is one point four, but I, the big I'm one. it. Yeah.
0: Has one hundred and sixty eight horsepower, still turboed, so it's still going to be kind of punchy. Mm-hmm, it's not going to be mm-hmm. that Golf R.
1: Yeah. It's not. But my but question yeah. is, how often are you like, you know, flat to the floor in the Golf? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know.
0: Maybe. On a, on I see where you're going.
1: You're getting the, th- you're taking most of the things they like about the Golf R, they're going to get rid of, and you're maintaining that. I see that. Yes, that's I mean really it's really kind of it's is really golf yeah. with an extended
0: wagon on the back. Is exactly yeah, what it is. Oh, yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not the R again, but it does keep you in that range. And I found boatloads of them. For seventeen and under, they were all sixteen, seventeen. For really, twenty seventeen. If you go twenty eighteen and newer, of course they start to get more expensive. Yeah, yeah. But I found you a white one over here. Uh, where is it? Twenty seventeen golf all track SE for right at eighteen. So if they're mm. seventeen nine nine five, I look at that as like maybe they'll take seventeen two fifty. <laughs> it's, uh, okay. it's out in all Scottsdale, thirty eight thousand miles. It's got the all wheel drive, automatic. So it is the DSG. White with tan interior. You can cover it up with. You know, all the Covercraft stuff. You can line it with <laughs> all the padding and He's the He's got a rhino liner in the back. And, anyway, yeah, don't do that. Looks great, clean. Okay. I was looking at these. It's got that butterscotch brown interior. You can get covered in dog hair.
1: Yes, for sure. And, and spit up and yeah. throw in sippy cups. And The thing is, you'll have no random Cheerios in the back, though, because the dogs will handle the Cheerio problem. <laughs> That's true. They'll, That's what they they'll do. They'll vacuum those right up. You, you never knew you needed a dog for that until you have a kid, and you're like, oh, okay, instant vacuum. That worked, but I'm just I'm liking this car, and I honestly, James. Once I found this, I stopped looking. That's I I, I see stopped it. searching. I see it. That's really it's good. sort of like it's it's a really strong choice. We're good, right? Yeah. I, I I think you may be done there. I'm going to list three other options, okay? And they don't all check the boxes, but they get close. All right. All First right. off, how much do you want to actually save money in this equation? Because I have the answer if you really want to save money. Oh, okay. All right. All right. And I'm going to go Saab 92 X. It's Are not you really? the Subaru. You don't want a Subaru, but you're going to have the Subaru running gear somewhere in the, on the Saab, car. You'll be able to find in the, the Sob suit Subaru. No, there they're plenty in the sob <laughs> suit. But here's the thing: the seats in the front are decent. Okay, I will admit that that car in aero form is better in the manual transmission than the automatic, but the automatic's still okay. And here's the thing: the back of it, behind the front, the front driver and passenger seat what do you care it's fine Mm -hmm. hose it out it's all good it's a hatch but it's just it's a Subaru it's going to run but it isn't a Subaru that's the thing I like about it you don't want a Subaru because you've been there done that there's too many of them around but the Saab 92X kind of isn't Mm. so I I, look that's going to be you're going to not even spend 10 grand probably oh yeah so because the autos don't hang on to value at all so the auto arrows I mean granted we're talking about a 10 year old car here that's the problem it's not anywhere close to that but you could save some serious money and I think uh, check some of the boxes that's kind of a wild outlier Mm. there but I'm getting getting that out there anyway. Also not quite new enough, but I do really like it. The Acura TSX wagon.
0: Oh, yeah. Those are so cool. They're
1: very cool looking. Now, you also have an all-wheel drive problem here. Is that here. 2012 or 2014? 2012 and newer. 2012 and newer. That's, that's right. What that's, I was right. Finding. Yeah. that's what I was finding. And I was finding them for your budget, but again, I'm not quite new enough. Hmm. And you've hmm. got an all-wheel drive problem, so that's not great. But then the one I actually really like out of these, Volvo V60 wagon. It's all about the wagons, or possibly the cross country variant for, for, yeah, for the all wheel drive. Yeah. But come on, Volvo's going. to – You want the the century, you want, but you want good front seats. Volvo, I've got oh, twenty sixteen yeah. and up. I've I've solved that problem. I've gone all wheel drive. I've solved that problem. I am in your price point, believe it or not, at sixteen grand or so. You can find these fantastic seats. It's the right years. It's all wheel drive. It's a nice looking wagon. Volvo V sixty is compelling here. Mm. I, I like your it. golf, but I think the Volvo's interesting. Now, I have to s- brief side note. Hmm. Did you see the PS on this email? I did. <laughs> I, I, he's calling me out, so I kind of have to talk to, to James I a l- little bit here. He gives a PS to me. He goes, um, <clears throat> hey, Todd, any advice for a first-time father? Am I overthinking this? Yes, you're overthinking it, first <laughs> off. Okay, you, th- there there's, there is a level of it. Look, you've got to prep to some degree, I suppose. People gave me all the books about I didn't read any of the books. The the At some point... <laughs> You got you got to experience your life and your kid. Mm-hmm. Now, if you and your wife are aligned on the things you want to do and not do, that's the first round of landmines. If you guys are aligned on that stuff, it will help. But I'm going to give you two things that I, just two quick thoughts. Every dad is different, okay? Mm-hmm. But but, and I'm painting I'm painting really broad brush here. Generally, the mom who's carried the child has a bond instantly, and loves that little one more than herself yeah yeah not all dads are there some dads even if they're you know cynical about it, the moment the baby's born the instant link that wasn't me I wasn't necessarily on board yet and after the kid was born I was still like oh my gosh what is that <laughs> you know I'm on board because I want to help my wife <laughs> but that is a screaming uh, pile of problems right there okay all right honestly you could say that about a lot of things yes yes, yes. but that is a screaming pile of problems I was there for my wife and I felt a responsibility for my son, but I'll be honest with you. There and I'm not alone in this. There are a lot of dads that it takes a while and sometimes it takes till the kids start walking and talking before mm. the dads really connect. So if you're one of those dads, that's okay. Mm. I want you to know that. That's not weird, that's okay. The second thing is I've learned I keep learning this. My son's almost ten now. I keep learning this, and I'll tell you a story that happened recently. Your kids are gonna start asking a ton of questions. Try not to get ahead of their questions. What I mean by that is answer just what you've been asked. Because here we are as parents, and we've got all of this as adults. We've got all this extra knowledge. You get asked a question, you think about the 45 things relate to that question. The kids just asked the question. Right, right. They just want to know the the, the answer to why are these walls white? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Well, because somebody painted them white is the answer. There's nothing about design and architecture, and there was a debate about the color, and we thought about the off-white. None of that matters. Mm-hmm. The walls are just white. My son recently, okay. <laughs> while hanging out with me and my wife and my in-laws, oh, now, we're those parents that have always referred to body parts by their actual names. Oh, good. Okay. And my son knows, intellectually knows, that he was born via C-section.
0: Okay. All so right. we
1: were all together at one point, and he looked up, and he just said, out of nowhere, by oh, the way, no. he's nine and a half, he said, oh, hang on. If you're not born by C-section, how are you born? And <laughs> I saw all the heads swivel at me. All the parent- <laughs> all the adult heads swiveled at me, and were just like, "Good luck with that one." And I could see well, in their face they were all they were all thinking the same thing, which is, "You just walked into the sex talk." Oh, sure. That's what they all were thinking. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so, uh, whatever we were doing at the time, I said, "Let's we'll, we'll talk about that a little while." A little while. And so, when I had a chance to talk to my son about, it, I just answered that question. I didn't get sure. into it. There was no sex talk in this at all. It was just a very straightforward discussion about the, the biology of it. Huh. Here are the body parts involved. Huh. Sure. And then he was like, oh, okay. Because it dawned on me. I was like, this seems like a sex question, but it's not. Interesting. So don't get ahead of your kids' questions. Answer the question they're asking, and you'll probably save yourself some hassle. Did that conversation die right after you answered then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Because that answered his question. Right. Interesting. All
0: right. So, um, you know, that's what we're doing for cars here. We're just answering the No, question, we're not. Right? We're way off in the weeds
1: all <laughs> the time.
0: Well, speaking of that, we've got to jump from the debate. Thank you guys for writing into us, by the way. You know where to write us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website, everydaydriver.com. Many of you are, it doesn't matter. Whatever your preference is, that's totally fine. Write us your story, your debate, because uh, it is pretty cool to hear everybody's stories and what's going on in your lives. So, anyway, we've got to jump from babies <clears throat> and <laughs> those questions, the screaming pile of problems Yes. over to electronically controlled LSDs and mechanical LSDs. Wow. That's a question joke. from Andrew Stein. He says, what is the real difference between these two? How do they stack up in the performance driving? Hmm. It's one more preferred than the other for track and auto crossing. As a matter of fact, Andrew, I was just digging into a lot of the information about the BMW M2 competition we recently drove yeah, yeah, yeah. and how BMW really is kind of the king right now of all the tech they're throwing at their active M differential. Mm, And mm. the difference really is that the LSD being able to have all the sensory input from everything else that's going about the car. You remember the cars, the muscle cars from the 60s and 70s? And, you know, it was pause traction. then, you know, and it's just all it's doing is the mechanical nature is responding to wheel slippage. That's Mm -hmm. all it's doing. For sure. It, It can't think. Whereas BMW is able to lock the diff from zero to 100 fully Mm -hmm. locked Mm -hmm. position based on your steering input, the speed of the wheels, the yaw angle of the car, the torque coming to the diff itself, the braking going on, and just the general attitude of the car. So if it detects, you know, sort of. Pre-wheel slip, it can give the other wheel mm-hmm. the same amount of slip, so you're not just suddenly going sideways. Or if you are going sideways, it'll actually keep you on that course. It'll—it's it, actually saying, you know, if you're drifting, it says that in you know mm. BMW's description. So there's more electronic input to be able to control what that thing is doing, rather than just mechanical thing responding to wheel slippage. That's all the mechanical does. Yeah, yeah. So I—I I thought that was really interesting and and uh manufacturers as you know are doing that more and more but now BMW is able to, it's an electric motor that locks it off with mm-hmm. torque to be able to lock that diff yeah. based on the steering input and all the stuff of everything else about your car.
1: You're into active diffs like you find on the Evo 10 or the GTR yes. or even you know the rear diff on the Alfa Julia that we like so much, uh-huh. the Quadrifoglio. Yeah. It has an active rear diff you can actually feel. You turn that car in, and when it has that active diff, diff, you can feel it pushing power to wheels to help you get rotation. Right, right. Now, that is simultaneously really cool and at some point artificial. So when you get a really good mechanical limited slip diff, there's a a natural uh, interaction with the car that feels very organic and analog in a way that a really good manual transmission does. Sure. So you're having a debate. Now, it's honestly like the debate of how much do I like a really good, very smart dual clutch versus a manual? I mean pros and cons there.
0: The the by the seat of the pants kind of feel is what everybody has to decide yeah, whether for they sure. like it for or sure. not. Yeah. But Andrew is essentially what it's doing is prevent understeer and essentially turn the car better. And so imagine that translating to track driving and autocrossing. So yeah, absolutely. You know, a standard mechanical diff, and you know that's why all the drifters you know weld it shut, they lock it off. You know, on uh, you know their drift car so yeah. they can just go crazy. But then when you're, you know, wanting the car to rotate and you're wanting it to grip where it actually shouldn't, Mm -hmm. that's when, you know, these active differentials really come into play. And and it's just, it's interesting how there's continuing to, you know, just get better and better. And the the electronics they're throwing at it to make it do things it shouldn't, you know, it's amazing and fantastic. So a lot of sometimes what we're feeling, we have to keep that in mind when we're driving a car and we think, all right, that turn in, that was pretty crisp. What's going on there about the mm-hmm, car? Was mm-hmm. that a combination of the steering rack and the ELSD behind me or what was that or or oh that inside wheel just braked. You know, so we're constantly thinking mm-hmm. about the systems of the car versus, you know, what it's trying to give you dynamically. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what the engineers are thinking about, you know, you're, we're trying to give this dynamic experience. It's faster the corners and it less understeer and blah. Well, is that is that the car doing that? And One of the best examples was that early GTR when it first came out. Mm-hmm. We thought, holy moly, the sounds and clunks and crashes coming out of the system is all normal. <laughs> it was all normal, yeah. And then we figured out you can go around a corner at a hundred.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, okay, labeled fifty. <laughs> that was interesting, you know. But the car doesn't need me.
1: Yeah, you yeah. know, it could have uh, gone around a hundred almost without a driver. Yeah, fair point. Kind of yeah. could.
0: So then, you know, but that was. It felt very raw in that sense. It felt very mechanically clunky and raw and it felt like, well, that's the car doing. That's not me. Mm, Interesting. So now they're playing with the, all right, how much of it is the driver input and how much, how intrusive is it into your driving at this point? So that's what they're, you know, a lot of playing with and you're able to do with it electronically. I mean, that's kind of the cool thing about it.
1: Sharif on Facebook is asking me, actually, I'm not sure why just me, but he's asking if he's thrown out of the club if he wants to buy a Taurus SHO. Obviously, I just recommended one. But you're saying you really want a Chevy SS, but you don't want to spend Chevy SS money. So my question for you is, why not Pontiac G8? Mm. Because the thing the thing is, the SHOs, they did drop off a cliff. Now, they're if I remember correctly, they're kind of a front-biased all-wheel drive system. So they don't have the really good long-distance cruiser but fun uh, rear-wheel drive dynamic that the SS or the Pontiac G8 have. So I wonder if you're wanting that, why not go for the cheaper version of the SS? Having said that, the SHO is decent to drive. It's quite powerful, and you can get them crazy cheap. It's hard for me to argue that that's a bad choice. I just am wondering if what you're you're wanting is actually something rear-wheel drive, and then, of course, obviously that won't work. A question over here on Instagram from Matt Guerra 82 who says if uh, you wanted a fun
0: car to travel occasionally around North Europe, Belgium, Netherlands, Germany, Switzerland with four seats for wife and mini me, I <laughs> love it. I love it. What would be more fun? Suggest GT86, BMW 125d, Megan RS, uh, 265 RS or the VW Scirocco front wheel drive versus rear wheel drive? What are our first and second choices? Well, honestly, mm-hmm. to begin with is something that you don't get in the US, or if you're in Canada, wherever you, you know, wherever you live. What are the car choices that aren't available where you are? Mm-hmm. Go get those. I mean, bring on the French cars, right? <laughs> Let's have those. Let's yeah. go drive yeah, those yeah. and see, you know, that kind of feeling. Or if it's a model, like you said, the you know, 125 Matt, if it's something like that, a rear-wheel drive, five-door hatch or something. Different, cool, you know, just something you would never otherwise have the opportunity to go get into. That's my choice. The GT86 would be cool. Mm -hmm. You can buy those worldwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I say go get something that you don't have available to you to go get more of that driving experience.
1: My one, two, and I think it varies on what you're actually needing more of. My one, two is one of these two, either the GT86 or the Renault Magon 265 RS. Those are both fantastic to drive. Obviously, one is a front-wheel drive hatch, the Magan is, mm-hmm, and the GT86 mm-hmm. is rear-wheel drive. If you were on mountain passes and that kind of stuff, you would prefer being in the GT86. If you're going to do more like long-distance cruise, we've got to carry more stuff, and we need some speed, you're going to prefer the Magan. But but here's the thing. We used to drive the Magan when they had them at RSR on the ring, and it was a phenomenal car on the ring. Yeah, it really is. That car it is, is nice. a great hot hatch in any kind of dynamic situation, so I think that is a really strong contender the GT86 would be crazy fun on back roads, but you might be disappointed with it elsewhere. But where are you as a driver? But those are that's definitely my one, too. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, let's see more from, oh, you know what? Color Cartel's question. That's a fellow Lotus owner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the yeah. Austin area. He's riding in and going, okay, I live 15 minutes from two different racetracks in the Austin area. For roughly $2,500, he has a choice. That could get him four track days at Coda for the calendar year, okay? Awesome. Which would be amazing. Awesome. In your Lotus Elise at Coda, I'm jealous and I practically want to get on a plane. But, or you could get a club membership to a local, small kind of locals track, okay? Mm. Called mm. Harris Hill Raceway. What's the better use of money? Now, mm. here's my reverse question back at you, color cartel. I like that you've gotten a lease. I like that you want to track it. Take a serious look Honestly, a serious look at will you go to the track more than four times a year? Because I think all of us, you and I, Paul, are a great example. We love track driving. We don't go that often. Right. Okay. It's definitely not every weekend. Exactly. So, for sure. You know, we've got the local NASA things that happen here. And I swear, every month they come up and we're like, oh, yeah, that was this week. Oh, we didn't go again. Right. We do right. that every month. And it's and they go from March to October. And we're lucky to do the one that is the meetup that we do with all of you guys. Yeah, right. Okay? Right. So my, my my real question for you is is how take a serious look. If you're going to do – I'm just th- thinking out loud here. If you were going to do like only probably five track days next year, then I'm kind of going to go, well, sacrifice a track day and just do CODA but if you really think you're going to go 6 8 10 12 times then yeah get i think the driving experience the quantity of driving experience at the end of the edges of your car is better if you have that option but you've got to dedicate yourself to doing those days it's like the person yeah. that buys the you know spends the money and buys the uh, the annual ski pass but they went 10 days this year it's like just buy 10 tickets right you yeah, know, that so, wasn't so worth it. This is the big question I have for you, is take a serious look at, will you do more than four track days in your car? Really, well, will that's you?
0: good. Does it depend on the track itself? Because I was looking at it from the car ownership perspective. It's, if it's a smaller, more technical track, and he can go more often, if he's going to go more often. That's the big question. Then he can get a lot more usage Agreed. and technical driving out of Agreed. that car because Coda is the highest of high speed. Yes, you know race tracks. Yes. I mean, it is designed for Indy and F1, mm-hmm. and you know, you on that front front straightaway, those cars brakes are glowing. I mean, yeah. it's huge high speeds. The Elise is not necessarily suited for those kinds of. That's a great speeds. point. That's it's an excellent point. The back half of the track, sure. But what about it? Kind of almost lives better at the smaller track, the technical stuff. I'm just thinking out loud. No, you're right. If you had a bigger, heavier, faster car, maybe I could see Coda, but I think your car is kind of a. The
1: f- determining factor too is yeah. it not I think it's a real factor I think it's a great point because depending upon the nature of the small track it you might be really at home in the Elise yeah. I mean I know plenty of people I've thought about it too plenty of people that autocross their Elise and that's the only performance driving they do with it right. and they love it like the big so, track stuff like yeah. I
0: wouldn't want to do you know I don't know just the Coda experience
1: I think would be really worth it but at the same time again what? how many days how many actual track days are you doing yeah all right, a uh, question from Kelly Kenworthy on Facebook, asking us to talk about the criteria
0: we use yeah, when this. choosing a car. said, they re- recently replaced a car, and although everything they test drove had a full list of requirements, they chose the vehicle that made him giggle because his wife wanted him to enjoy ownership. He says, well, I think he'll, I'll keep her, too, which is a good choice. <laughs> it's good news. Yeah, it's good news. Well, Kelly, I was just thinking about that on our recent Super Drive, and it is, for me... The car that uh, falls away and lets me focus more on the driving. So if I'm enjoying the road or I'm able to, you know, pick my line better, or adjust the line through the corner, or whatever that is, and the driving becomes paramount. I mean, it sounds kind of obvious and simple, but if I'm worried about the car and like, oh, that that thing's going to break the inside wheel, the back end's going to come around, I got to adjust this, and or like, ooh, this car is way too much power for this road, or whatever. If, if a car really matches the road and the, you know, the speed and the temperature and all that stuff and everything else falls away and I'm just cackling about the drive itself, that's when it starts to really speak to me. But if I'm hamstrung by the car, like, ah oh, this, you know, huge, muscly, you know, or it's an older Corvette, you know what I mean? It just yeah, yeah. kind of depends yeah, on the yeah. car for me. But if it's really well suited and matched and then I think – all right, this is my criteria. If it's a hot hatch, if it's, you know, the Cayman or the Supra or whatever that is and the driving becomes paramount and I'm forgetting more about the car itself, that speaks to me. If I've if the car has made me forget about it, that's interesting. It's it's like in anything when you uh you know, you're watching a movie and you in particular Todd you start watching the movie rather than noticing director tricks and filmmaking perspectives Fair. and yeah, camera yeah. angles, yeah, yeah. and you start engrossing yourself in the story without mm-hmm. worrying about what the writer did. How they got it done, yeah. yeah. That's when a movie speaks to you, right? Yeah, I
1: see that. I see that. That's Same a great way to describe car. it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. If everything
0: yeah. falls away and you're just
1: engrossed in the mm-hmm. thing that it's delivering to you, well, that's success. It becomes that's, a proper partner. I see where you went. Yeah. I, that's a great description with the movies. I think that's excellent. I feel like I can tell really quickly, Kelly, the cars that are that are just going to speak to me, mm. and this is very personal. Sure, but, sure. But there's you can we we talk spectrum of sacrifice all the time because it's where we are. Your your budget and your needs and those kind of things stuff those have to encroach. But it's the car that you get in that comes close to what you need, but at the same time. I just really like this. That's gotta be a factor. That's the whole reason this show exists. We want you in a car that you love for sure, driving. For sure. And this is the reason why, and I'm sorry to bring it up again, but it's a great reference point for me. This is one of the reasons I love the Fiesta ST so much. Because on paper, it doesn't make any sense. My wife still doesn't get this car. Every time I see one, like, oh cool, Fiesta ST, she's like, that thing? <laughs> she doesn't like the way it looks. She knows it's an economy car. The interior is awful. But you just drive it down the block, and you're like, oh, this is just fun. Yeah. yeah and so exactly. all the stuff it doesn't do well, you're just kind of like, but I could, you know what? I can handle a hatchback this small. I don't care that that's plasticky and that kind of stuff. Sure. Obviously, the extreme version is my Elise. But you, if you drive six cars, and they all check all of the have-to boxes, the criteria decider has got to be the one that you just get in and like, now, this one's just fun. That has to be the deciding factor. It has to be a paramount part of the choice because if you're just checking boxes for this does all the right things and is in budget, it is an appliance you Mm -hmm, bought. mm Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, for me, my movie criteria is actually pretty low bar. If there's, you know, like a lot of explosions and fights and gunfire and, and yeah. power tools and fire trucks, then... <laughs> Just
1: Michael Bay's work. We're good. Got like, it. Excellent. I'm I'm good over here. So if a car is doing the equivalent for me, then I'm like, <laughs> great. This is awesome. Well, well done. Well done. Uh, S. Thomas 80 has a question on Instagram. He said, okay, about a $40,000 limit for a fun daily driver car doing about 22,000 miles a year. He has to keep up a corporate image.
0: You know what Mm. I wonder?
1: Oh, yeah. Because they're getting close. The early M2s. Oh. (laughs) They're low 40s. Oh, they are. They're low 40s. They're low 40s. And the thing is, and I think, and I've even seen them like 40, like 39, 40. My point here is that is just BMW to anybody that doesn't know. (laughs) But you bought a Hoon machine. Right and everybody that was obsessed with the newest, latest, and greatest BMW didn't they? They sold that M2 and got the competition because it's a different engine. Right, right. So that has brought the prices of them down even further. It it has none of the you know the muscle car image. It has none of the straight full on sports car image. It is it is a great car for car enthusiasts in the know. It's what BMW has always done really well when they've, they've had always had that icon car in their lineup that is the total stealth hoon machine. Mm-hmm. And that's what mm-hmm. the current M2... Or the, or, but you get an early one. Get an early M2 in black. Oh, that'd be cool. Because look, I, I prefer it in blue. I'll flat out say it. I prefer it in blue. The black one is just, I bought a BMW, but you bought so much more.
0: That's good. Love it. Guys, thank you so much for your questions. We haven't gotten all of them, obviously, but keep asking. We're working our way towards uh, towards answering everything. and And thank you for the creative questions and just the engagement really appreciate it. it's you guys that make the podcast honestly. For sure absolutely thank you for your stories and yeah write to us your debates drop us a line tell us what's on your mind love to hear that and we're definitely looking forward to seeing all of you at the Atlanta meetup it's gonna be crazy 2019 it's gonna be nuts <laughs> so we're definitely looking forward to that and next time thank you guys cheers everyone